Okay, uh, welcome once again to another Throttle Up Radio show and podcast. I'm your host, Captain Kevin Smith, and I'm with here with my audio engineer. Uh, her name is Sue, and uh, we are ready to go for another radio show and podcast. And by the way, we are a radio show on Red State Talk Radio weekend show. Both Saturdays and Sundays on both channels. Red State Talk Radio has two channels, uh, Justice Channel and the Liberty Channel. And we are on both on the weekends, uh, 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can go to the you go to the website and get the exact channel and the exact time. I know it's a little bit confusing. But uh, basically, both channels on both uh, both Saturdays and Sundays, so both days of the weekend. All right. And we have a podcast, and the podcast is available uh, pretty much across the board. Uh, Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. I think that's how you – I think that's it. Do you know? I'm asking my audio engineer um, – Podbean is one of the new ones. It's available – uh, and there's <laughs> there's a couple of others, and I I didn't write them down. I apologize for that. I'm sure I'll get demerits here from my audio engineer. Anyway, so there's uh, uh, the podcast available on lots of platforms. Uh, I think uh, Apple Play is another one. Uh, Castbox I think is another one, and anyway, you know, and that's a good way to do it if you uh, if you are kind of like me, you know, uh, I'm pretty busy, lots of things going on, and I li like to listen to podcasts from time to time, but I do often don't have the full period or the full hour uh, to listen to them if they're long podcasts, and so I might listen to them in chunks. And so that's a good way to do it, and from what I can gather, the... Uh, Platforms remember where you left off. It's, it's very much like like the audiobooks on Audible. Uh, it remembers where you left off. And so if you do the podcast, it remembers where you left off. So you can pick it up again uh, later on that day or the next day or uh, the next week or whatever. And it's a good way to get um, to get the full impact of the uh, Throttle Up Radio Show and Podcast um, content. Uh, I think it is uh, most important. The content is is growing in importance because it's addressing something that is necessary in today's world that is largely lacking, which is the ability to think critically. That's what it is all about uh, throttle up radio is all about critical thinking in the various aspects and implications and ramifications of being able to think critically and that is most important today in our world all right so we're going to start off the show uh, this is a continuation of a series that we're doing it is called think like a fighter pilot and the reason why we're doing this is obvious, right? We we have uh, we have gone through the whole list. We've gone through the complete gamut of things. Uh, we have been um, encouraged to think like this discipline or think like that discipline. And now that the fighter pilot discipline is uh, is front and center, not least of which because of the popularity of the Top Gun Maverick movie, uh, we are proposing that because of that and because of other things as well, that we should actually learn how to think like a fighter pilot. Do they think differently? And if they do, why do they think differently and how? is it that they think differently? Why is it, what is going on with respect to their ability to think critically in a 
hostile world and and how does it differ than mainstream thinking all right so that's what we are all about okay so think like a fighter pilot my audio engineer is going to read a question as we begin this show and we've been doing this from time to time i kind of like it i think it's a good way to start the show so here she is, my audio engineer, and she's going to read a question, and then I will attempt to answer it to the best of my ability. Hi there, Kevin. Hi. The question, well, first, there's a statement, some statements. Three things have occurred. First, the release of your new book, The Sonic Warrior. Second, the selection of your recent journal article for special recognition. And third, the recent speaking engagement at the Yanks Air Museum. Can you give us the big picture perspective of these three events? Okay, yes. uh, Great question. Uh, The big picture perspective. All right, so... Uh, what actually is going on, all right? So what what is going on here? Uh, fundamentally, it is a, a rethinking uh, and a, maybe I should say a re-examination or a more thorough and complete examination concerning how we think. Not what what to think, but how do we go about thinking? Our thinking should be modifiable. Our thinking should be uh, agile. Uh, We should be able to think or employ agility in our thinking process to be able to optimize our thinking and reasoning abilities with respect to the particular situation or the particular uh, environment that we are currently in or that we currently occupy. Okay, so we adjust our thinking given that we have a situation or an occurrence or we have an environment that requires us to be able to think uh, well, to think effectively, okay, to think in ways that will provide us with the greatest return on investment. If we're going to invest in thinking and reasoning, what is the greatest return on investment that we can achieve, and how should we consider such a thing? My latest book, of course, uh, is The Sonic Warrior Chronicles of a Top Gun Pioneer that was released last May. Uh, It's now available in all forms, hardcover, softcover, ebook as well as audiobook and I just got a note from my publisher that says that audiobook sales have now uh exceeded uh ebook sales. Uh, <laughs> did you know that? Uh I'm asking my audio engineer. And so audiobook sales are how should I say it? They're booming. And so we have an audiobook. Uh I have narrated this book it was produced by uh, one audio books it's a level one audio studio uh, located in carlsbad california and they are one of the best in the business it's a very high quality production quite a bit of time and effort went into it as well and what is that? What is the Sonic Warrior all about? Sonic Warrior uh, is about this um, introduction of a new warfare specialty and how how humans were required uh, to raise their game in terms of thinking and reasoning, and so we had to come up with 
with a better thinking and reasoning uh, process, thinking and reasoning capabilities. We had to raise our game because of the particular environment that we were uh, involved in. And this environment was something that had never been occupied by humans before. It was a brand new environment. And as a result of that, we had to come up with new forms of thinking and reasoning. And so this book is about uh, what those new forms of thinking and reasoning are with respect to this particular brand new warfare specialty, which we call sonic warfare. Okay. Does normal thinking work? No. Normal thinking breaks down. Okay. Why is that? Well, for very uh, lot, lots and lots of reasons, not least of which is that we're traveling at very, very high velocities when we are performing sonic warfare. Uh, very high velocities, very highly elevated energy states as well. Okay, how do you exploit the energy that you have at your disposal effectively to achieve the advantage and to achieve ultimately mission success? How do you do that? And that is uh, something that uh, we discuss in, in my book, The Sonic Warrior. Also, we were uh, pleased and uh, pretty excited about the fact that my recent journal article is called. Right, let, let me get the uh, the <laughs> let me get the exact title here. Okay, my recent journal article, which has received special recognition by the publisher is entitled Decision-Making in Complex Environments. The publisher is IGI Global. Uh, you can go to their website, if you wish, igi-global.com is their website. And you can type in that title that journal article and you can find it there you can find it uh lots of other places all right so that your uh, my recent journal article decision making in complex environments has received special recognition by the executive editorial board of the igi global publishing concern and what is this all about? Well, I mean, it basically is the same thing, right? So if you are involved in a complex environment, how do you go about making effective decisions? What is it about decision-making that you need to understand when you are, when you find yourself in an environment that is complex and necessarily it is also uncertain. So we're talking about uncertainty and complexities. When you find yourself in a world, in an environment, in an arena in which uncertainty and complexity prevails, what is it about decision-making that you need to understand? And what are the pitfalls that you need to avoid? Okay, <clears throat> there are a lot of pitfalls that you need to avoid. Uh, if you don't know what they are, they are well-defined. The pitfalls are well-defined in the book which I referenced, by the way, it's called The Logic of Failure by Dietrich Dorner. Uh, those are the pitfalls when you, in, are in, in, when you encounter uh, a, an event or a situation or an occurrence in which complexity and uncertainty prevail. 
uh, there are lots of pitfalls that you could uh, find yourself in. You could be uh, thrown uh, into uh, periods of chaos and catastrophe. And how do you avoid that? How do you know what the pitfalls are to avoid it? And what are the optimum ways in which you should engage your thinking process so as to effectively make decisions? We're looking at the quality and effectiveness of, a, a, a in this case, your decision-making process. Okay. That is the whole point of the article, and it and it fits very nicely into the book, and it also fits nicely into the whole purpose of this radio show and podcast. It fits nicely into it because we are all about critical thinking here, and I might just add an additional item to uh, make it a little bit more understandable, critical thinking and complex problem solving. Now, I did have a recent speaking engagement at the Yanks Air Museum. So uh, uh, now I'm going to give you a big picture perspective of that speaking engagement. What was it? All right, so the Yanks Air Museum is in the Los Angeles area. It's actually in Chino, California, which is a suburb of the greater Los Angeles area. It is a aerospace museum. It's actually a pretty interesting place. Uh, they have uh, some really great exhibits. Uh, anybody that is visiting uh, Los Angeles or San Diego or uh, lives in that area, lives in the area of Southern California, that would also include uh, Palm Springs, uh, and uh, uh, Santa Barbara, and so forth and so on. I would uh, encourage uh, all of my listeners to go visit this uh, museum. Now, I was invited to speak, uh, not least of which is because of my new book, The Sonic Warrior, but also because... Uh, I was on the ground floor of the supersonic uh, era. Uh, supersonic era began about the same time that I started flying uh, military airplanes for the U.S. Navy. Okay, my first job uh, as a Navy fighter pilot was to fly uh, supersonic-capable fighter airplanes. Okay, and so that's one of the reasons why, maybe the primary reason, why I was invited to speak. And let, let me walk you through this, uh, this speaking engagement. Let me walk you through what, uh, what I was addressing myself to uh, with respect to uh this uh this public appearance and the kinds of things that i was talking about with respect to this era in aviation which is the beginning of the supersonic era and the creation of a new warfare specialty called sonic warfare performed by a new warrior class called the sonic warriors or sonic warriors okay so we have a new warfare specialty we have a new warrior class and uh, I was talking about that with respect to uh, uh, what does it mean and uh, what were the things that we had to do, how were we able to uh, perform 
in such an unusual and uh, heretofore foreign environment uh, that had never been occupied by humans before, what was it that we were able to uh, figure out? Not that we were uh, uh, not without uh, a certain amount of trial and error, not without learning from our mistakes as we went along the way. Uh, it was not a perfectly executed uh, process. There was uh, a fair amount of struggles. But nevertheless, we learned something along the way, and we were able to ultimately succeed in this environment and become the best in the world in this particular environment. And what? how did we do that? And that's the point of this. Well, it was the point of this uh, speaking engagement uh, and it's the point of everything pretty much that I have done in this area uh, since uh, I entered uh, the uh, Naval Air Academy uh, back in the early 1960s. Okay. <laughs> also... Uh, this was the second event that I have done. I also previously to uh, this speaking engagement, I had an engagement aboard the USS Midway. Now, the USS Midway is an aircraft carrier museum located in San Diego, California. And I also had a speaking engagement on that, uh, or let's say in that museum as well. All right, so... Uh, so these two things kind of like uh, go together, and uh, the uh, issue at hand was, okay, uh, what is it about this uh, era in aviation, uh, what is it that we should be uh, aware of, and how can it be useful to us today? Okay. Now, first and foremost, let's let's see if we can get a grip on, let's see if we can understand in a meaningful way what what exactly do we mean by sonic warfare? Sonic warfare is a high velocity aerial combat uh that we engage in because we have aircraft that are capable of achieving very high velocities not limited by the sound barrier okay that's kind of a big deal and that's kind of a new thing in terms of uh, human experience if we are not limited by the sound barrier, which we had been for quite some time. And then we remove that barrier through, uh, through the process of refining the aerodynamic properties of the airborne vehicle. We figure that out as well. And then we were able to produce aircraft that routinely could exceed the speed of sound. So, or another way of saying that is that we have uh, produced aircraft that could routinely uh, uh, <clears throat> break down the barrier or routinely uh, go through this heretofore barrier and eliminate the barrier to velocity. Okay, so uh, we had a velocity-limiting reality that we had to deal with. The velocity-limiting reality was, in fact, the speed of sound. Okay, once an object goes through the speed of sound, it produces a shock wave. Okay, and the shock wave, actually, if you want to get a little bit technical here, I apologize for this, but there is some technicality to it. Uh, the shock wave is caused by, by the air 
compressing. It is called compressibility. So at a certain point, the air compresses. That compressibility used to be the barrier. We have now produced airplanes that are not um, constricted or constrained by this, so they move through. But compressibility still occurs, and uh, the compressibility, the rebound effect of compressibility is, in fact, the, uh, the shock wave, which is also the sonic boom. Okay, so the sonic boom and the shock wave and the compressibility and all of that stuff used to be a barrier and no longer is, and so velocity now is not limited by that. Uh, it's limited by other things, uh, but it can uh, we can open up the uh the uh speed uh window or the speed envelope uh opens up uh considerably and as a result of that there's a much higher level of energy that can be achieved and the and the challenge for all of us sonic warriors was to how do you exploit this very high level of energy that can be achieved when operating in these very high velocity or high performing vehicles. Okay, so that was the one of the one of the uh, the challenges that we had. So sonic warfare is high velocity. Aerial combat is what it is. A sonic warrior is one who can perform in this environment and achieve mission success. That's what a sonic warrior is. All right. And so uh, how, how does a sonic warrior do such a thing? The sonic warrior has to develop a warrior mind space that is optimized for the environment. Okay, so we have these environmental factors. We have to bring to the table in terms of our ability to think and reason, we have to bring to the table certain things that uh, will optimize our ability to think and reason. What are those things? We had to develop those and we had to create the mind space that was uh, consistent with the demands of the battle space. So the battle space provided us uh, or uh, um, yeah, I, I guess I guess we could say the battle space was, uh, consisted of uh, certain challenges to our ability to think and reason. We had to meet those challenges head on. We had to overcome those challenges uh, with a better method of thinking and reasoning. And that was uh, mostly that was what I was talking about at this uh, at these two events, uh, these two museum events. Okay, the Midway Museum and the Yanks Air Museum. Okay, at these two events, I was talking about what is it about thinking and reasoning that we had to learn, and is it applicable beyond what we would consider to be the uh, the uh, high velocity aerial combat battle space. My position is yes, it is applicable across the board. It's something that we ought to be ad uh, adopting right now because what we are traditionally doing doesn't work. Uh, it's it's failed. Okay, what is it about the Sonic Warrior mind space? that we need to understand. What is it that the Sonic Warriors bring to the thinking table and, uh, and, and 
enables them, enables a Sonic Warrior to perform exceptionally well and achieve mission success. What is it that we need to know? Okay, first and foremost, let me back up a little bit here by recognizing something that is not all that well understood. And to put this in the right context, this is not just another human event, all right? This is not just another event in the course of human events. The, there was, in fact, a milestone achievement that occurred that opened up the avenue in which sonic warfare could occur. And what was that? This was the first supersonic aircraft. What was the first supersonic aircraft? Now, uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm a little bit, because I have lived in this arena, in this environment for a long time, and I was on the ground floor of the supersonic era, as well as the ground floor of the Top Gun Initiative, uh, I I kind of thought that maybe this was common knowledge, but it's not. All right. Um, history has forgotten about this. All right. So the first supersonic aircraft is not just another aircraft op occupying museum space. The first supersonic aircraft was, in fact, the F-11 Tiger, and this was a milestone in human achievement, right? In it was a, uh, it was one of the most amazing and remarkable achievements in the course of human events. We were able to take. Now, this was not an experimental rocket airplane that was that was launched from a mothership. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a real airplane not an experimental air vehicle. I was talking about a real airplane that could actually take off and land at an airport, or in this case, from an aircraft carrier, which was amazing and remarkable beyond belief. But this airplane could take off and land from an aircraft carrier. And in fact, it was the first supersonic airplane, which marked the milestone in human achievement. To say that this was extraordinary is really understating it. This was an extraordinary human event. Right? Humans, for the first time, was able to travel at speeds that would exceeded the speed of sound. Okay, very high velocity airspeeds. This airplane was a remarkable achievement. How did it occur? How did it happen? If we don't understand that, then I think we are losing a lot of what it means to, uh, to uh, engage in uh, meaningful human achievements of the highest order if we don't understand that and in my position is that we need to understand it from that perspective what was is it about this milestone in human achievement it is about innovation and creativity now you thought i was going to say <laughs> You thought I was going to say, oh, it's about uh, 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 science and technology. It was about aerodynamics and propulsion. Okay, uh, but you notice where I'm going. The first and foremost is, no, it's not necessarily, or it doesn't begin there. It begins um, from the point of reference or the point of view 
in which humans, uh, a small this this was a small group of humans, could innovate and create. They were given permission to do so, and they achieved remarkable results. Uh, this effort was, in fact, a grassroots effort by a very small group of people. They happened to be working for Grumman Aerospace. This was an in-company initiative. It was not funded by the federal government. It was an uh, in-company initiative by a small group of people. And... Uh, and they were uh, exercising innovation and creativity of the highest order. What was most remarkable is that this airplane came off as an experimental and, and eventually, uh, eventually came off the production line that was fully capable of uh, of performing high velocity aerial combat and it could do so in a very remarkable way okay what was it about this airplane well it was fast it was also fairly easy to fly because i flew it and it was relatively stable now you have to understand that there's a there's a real uh, tension line between stability and agility. All right, so fighter type aircraft have to be maneuverable. We call it agility today. They have to possess agility, but they also have to be stable. They they cannot just start tumbling and spinning and stuff like that. They have to have some aerodynamic stability built into their. Uh, their airframe, if you will, or built into their vehicle. Uh, and this aircraft was, uh, was amazingly stable, uh, as well as being agile and adaptive. Now, the F-11 Tiger is, in fact, not just another aircraft up occupying museum space right now. F, the F-11 Tiger was, in fact, a breakthrough in human achievement. And that's the, that's the point I want to make here and now. Uh, that is my major point. And I, I will support that. I support it with all kinds of justifications. But my point is that was a milestone, and we need to not only recognize that it was a milestone, but try to understand how was it possible that it occurred. Okay, the conventional wisdom at the day was that while we could actually get a rocket uh, airborne vehicle rocket power dropped from a mothership, which we did in 1947, uh, uh, and Chuck Yeager was the pilot. Uh, we dropped it, and we could actually barely exceed the speed of sound, but we could get there. Uh, we could uh, encounter the sound barrier, and the airplane didn't, in fact, fall apart when we encountered the sound barrier because we didn't know. Uh, there was some stability issues, major stability issues, but they were able to. We were able to figure out the the the, the experiments were such that we were able to figure out what those issues were, and it was a combination of science, technology, uh, manufacturing, and finally uh, the operational perspective. How do you actually operate this airplane successfully if it in fact can achieve these high velocities? At a, in in a very short period of time. Okay, now that that is the that's a crucial feature here. We're talking about a uh, 
an aircraft, if you will, an airborne vehicle, a fighter type of aircraft that could achieve very high velocities, not limited by the speed of sound, in a very short period of time. Okay, why is that important? That's important because of energy. Okay, that's what it is. Those that are capable of achieving and maintaining and managing energy most effectively are going to win in any combat engagement of this uh, magnitude. They are going to win. All right. So the F-11 Tiger was a breakthrough design. Now, what also was a breakthrough, and this is not really well understood, but what also was a breakthrough was our ability to think and reason at these very high velocities. Does normal thinking and reasoning work? The answer is no, it doesn't work. So the operators or the sonic warriors had to come up with new forms of thinking and reasoning such that it would work and it would enable us to achieve mission success. All right, what were these new thinking and reasoning processes or what was the uh the the uh, uh the the intellectual attributes that n that needed to be employed developed or utilized what were they what are they and what can we understand from the success of this era okay let me let me start this uh let me try to get into this a little bit uh more specifically by going back a little bit in history and saying, okay, what, what, what were we trying to do? Not just to go fast. We were trying to do something as a nation. What was it? Okay, what the nation was trying to do, the nation was trying to produce or, yes, to produce, to build, to employ, to operate a, uh, a whole bunch of, uh, high-velocity tactical vehicles that could perform well in an air combat environment. And so the nation was after high velocity. In order to do that, we had to make the vehicles small and light. So it was the era of the light, the lightweight fighter, the light attack as well, and the uh, light uh, tactical reconnaissance. And so light was the operative term here. Okay, we had to make things small and light. So that was the era of the lightweight fighter, the F-11 Tiger. It was soon followed by the F.A. Crusader. Both of these aircraft were called, referred to, and were lightweight fighters. Okay? They both were. And they also were carrier-based. Now, there was another parallel initiative by the U.S. Air Force. I'm not going to get into that in great detail right now but that it also proved to be quite successful for land-based force air forces as well. But these were carrier-based. So it was lightweight fighters that were carrier-based. Okay, now the lightweight fighter was capable of achieving very high velocities in a very short period of time. What does that mean? It means acceleration. Okay, velocity plus acceleration equals compressed time horizon. Okay, we're talking about 
compressed time. So velocity, ultra-high velocities in time were the critical factors here. I could also add one more thing. Ultra-high velocities, elevated energy states, and time, how does that affect our ability to think and reason? Or what are the thinking and reasoning attributes that are necessary in order to perform well in this particular environment? Okay, the problem here is that not only do we have airflow compression when we're dealing with very, very high velocities, but we also have time compression. The problem here is there is a increasing problem or increasingly different pro difficult problem with time compression. Okay. And I'm going to add one more thing. All right. Exactly what is it that we were dealing with? Uh, the, the, uh, the, the key to understanding it is the definition of what we were trying to do. We were trying to perform nonlinear problem solving under increased time compression. That's exactly what we were trying to do. That was something that was brand new, had never been done before. We had to also engage innovation and creativity. So while innovation and creativity was alive and well in producing the first supersonic capable aircraft, there was also a, uh, a serious effort with respect to innovation and creativity in terms of trying to figure out what is it that we need to understand about our thinking and reasoning process uh, with respect to the overarching challenge that we have, which is, was, and still is, by the way, nonlinear problem solving under increased time compression. Okay. And it, so nonlinear means it's complex. Okay. Complex things are nonlinear. All right. So we're dealing with complexity and uncertainty. And I'll add one more thing. The battle space contains complexity, uncertainty, and adversity. Okay. Those three things are in play. And they are not isolated. They all connect. They're all interconnected. Those three things. Complexity, uncertainty, and adversity. Okay. Those three things are all interconnected. How do you or how does a sonic warrior and how can we learn from that experience so that we can develop these capabilities as well? Uh, and that's the whole point of the um, of, of my presentation at uh, the Yanks Air Museum and the USS Midway. That's the whole point of what I'm uh, what is contained within my new book, The Sonic Warrior. That's the whole point. All right. So it, that 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 is talking about or let's say bring bringing to human awareness. Right. Bringing to human awareness the fact that that we have encountered situations before like we are encountering now, albeit in a different time and place. And we were able to achieve success, not without struggle, not without difficulty, not without trial and error, and certainly not without some losses along the way. But we were able to achieve mission success with respect to, or to optimizing our ability to think and reason under these extreme conditions. Okay, so what is it about optimizing our ability to think and reason under these extreme conditions? 
First and foremost, we have to recognize one critical aspect of human cognition, which is what? That critical aspect of human cognition is intuition. What does that mean? That basically means that we can take, we can predict a future situation from a set of current events utilizing our intuitive capacity, right? Is that strictly human? Yes. Can other non-human entities do intuition? No. Okay. What are you saying, Kevin? You're saying that artificial intelligence and machine learning cannot uh, engage in intuitive reasoning? Yes, I'm saying that. That is a strictly human attribute. It is a human process. It is unique to the human mind space. It is unique Okay, that's what we do, and that's the most important takeaway, and that's the most important thing that I was discussing in my recent speaking engagement at the Yanks Ear Museum, which is let us embrace the ability and enhance it and optimize it and make it work effectively for us, which is our ability to think and reason intuitively, to take our intuition and use that to figure out exactly how we should perform under conditions in which complexity and uncertainty prevail and complexity uncertainty and adversity. I just needed to add that as well. Complexity, uncertainty, and adversity. Okay, looks like another uh, completion uh, of another Throttle Up Radio show and podcast. Thank you for listening, and I will see you all next week.